This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. Double Tap Canada. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Double Tap Canada. This is the technology show where people tune in and say, is that a technology show? And we say, yes, it is. Honestly. Uh, I am Stephen Scott. Sean Priest is here. Hello, Sean. Hello, Stephen. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, Tim's not with us. Uh, he is on holiday. Or is it, is it a vacation they call it over there in that there America? I believe it is a vacation again. I mean, the boy is never here. Mind you, it is roomy. There's lots of room in here, apart from that framed portrait of Trump he's got in the corner. But yeah, True. lots of room. I think, is it not signed as well? It, I think there's uh, kiss marks on it, lipstick oh, marks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, okay, well, uh, just don't touch it, I would suggest. Uh, right, so um, <laughs> on today's programme, we're going to be talking about scanning documents. This is something which um, has kind of come up because I have a bit of an obsession with a book that I want to read, and um, I've been unable to get a copy of this book in any other format other than the standard issue print that it came out in. The book is now out of print, and uh, I want to read it. So I thought the only way to do this is to scan the book in. And uh, I've been employing some specialist technology, Sean. I know, and that's the thing. It did get into a little bit of a heated, let's say, discussion last week about... Just a bit. Specialised software versus mainstream software. And not even that. Does paying more mean it's better software? But you did say you were going to compare the two. Yeah, well, you know, last week we did get a, a heated debate about this, and I kind of went off on one and said, well, look, there is no way something that costs £1,000 or $1,000 is going to equal something that's, you know, $10 in an mm. app form. That's what um, you said, yes. I did say did. that, yeah. But is that the case? Well, today I'm going to find out as I live test both Kurzweil 1000 and Voice Dream Scanner, the app that everyone's talking about. I've heard a lot of people saying, really good app, really, really good, lots of nice functions to it. So we're going to talk about that. We're also getting into the news as well. Uh, I believe Google are about to have another I.O., which means another round of new technology coming out. Uh, May 7th, I believe. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, and Disney, Sean's excited about this, but Disney are... <laughs> throw you under the bus on that one. Um, Disney are launching their own streaming service. Great. Beauty and the Beast for seven ninety nine a month. Can't wait. You um, buy it. You yes. know you're going to subscribe. I've already got the DVD, the Blu-ray, T-shirts, <laughs> you know, the teacup, the whole thing. I've got the whole shooting match. The only thing I don't have is Mrs. Potts. Quite annoyed about that. <laughs> anyway, um, so that's all to come. But yeah, I think we're going to kick off with talking about scanning. Yeah, well, it does seem to be a bit of a theme lately on the show, OCR and scanning. But does paying more get you better results? I think it's time for your test, Stephen. Yeah, so it's not been much of a secret that for a long time I've been resisting the world of specialist technology. Um, Sean has always uh, done that, but for me it was always a case of, well, I don't know if I need it. Is it too much? Can I just get away with it on my phone? Well, that's why I thought today's little experiment might be quite interesting. So what I've got here is Cutswell 1000, which is the Rolls-Royce, as they say, of OCR capture. Uh, essentially, it's a scan and read program. You have a, a desktop scanner. In my case, it's a rather old scanner. It's a Canon CanoScan 5600F, for those who are counting. Um, 
And it's, it's a decent enough scanner. I mean, it was one my dad used for um, scanning pictures, something he used to do was, you know, take all the old family pictures out of the albums and scan them into the computer. And, and that was what this was for. So I knew it was a good scanner. It was capable. So I paired that up with my laptop, which is running Kurzweil 1000, and I thought I'd take it for a spin um, again um, after a, quite a long time of not using it. And uh, it's been really useful for me, um, in particular because there's a book that I want to read and I just cannot find any other version of this book other than in print. And I really want to read it. So for that reason, scanning the book in makes a lot of sense. Now, for an application like scanning a book, Kurzweil makes a lot of sense because you have got the flatbed scanner, you've got the time and the the work that you're putting into it to make sure it's all good and all right. It's a lot easier to do it with a flatbed scanner with a book than it would be to do it, say, with a phone, although it can be done, of course. But the point is that with a large book, it would get a bit annoying, I would imagine, after a while trying to do all that. So, for that reason, I thought we'd put uh, Cutswell 1000 up against the latest and greatest app that everyone's talking about, which is the Voice Dream Scanner app. Now, that's available on iPhone. Um, I've got it installed on my phone. Uh, we'll try that in a minute. And what I've got here is I've got the front page of an instruction manual for the RNIB Penfriend 2, which I use uh, for labeling at home. Uh, so I've got the front page instructions for that because I've only just recently started using it and I'm wanting to read the instructions. So again, I can scan these into my computer and read them. Um, I'm also going to try a letter that I've received as well. So I'm going to try those out, see how they go. Uh, we'll, we'll do the instruction manual first. So I think what we'll do is we'll open up Kurzweil here. Search box edit, type in text. KU, Kurz R, Kurzweil 1000, desktop app, press right to switch printer. Okay, let's open it up. Hello, and welcome to the Kurzweil 1000, version 14.00. There we are. Press the rectangular key at the bottom right corner of the keypad for assistance. Well, I'm not going to do that because I want to get right into scanning. So I'm going to take my uh, instruction book. Um, I'm going to take the front page of that and stick it on the scanner. So let's do that. Um... So slap it on the scanner, and all I do here is I hit F9. Kurzweil 1000. Scanning is one quarter done. Scanning is half done. Scanning is three quarters done. Scan complete. And that's it, and it'll start reading, hopefully. Page one complete. P. Infant to labeling pin DL110. Please retain these instructions for future reference. General description. Record information onto a self-adhesive voice label and attached to a wide range of items in and around the home, at school and at work, with this simple and easy-to-use labeling pen. Store up to one hour of recording on any label, 125 hours of recording time on the 4 gigabytes internal memory. Items supplied with a PNFAN 2. 1x PNFAN 2 labeling pen. 127x mixed-sized labels. Okay, so, right, we'll stop it there because that's that's pretty impressive, actually. PN friend. I don't know why it's suggesting it says it rather than pen friend. It might be the way the, the, the word is um, written. Let's go to the top because we can just arrow to the top of the document. One X to one hour. P E P E P E in friend to labeling cap E cap E cap N. Ah, that's why. So it's got three capitals, right? So right away I can tell why it's saying something in an odd way, which is quite good because I just use my keyboard, go straight to the top of the text and uh, check that out. So I know it's P E N. Friend, right? Okay, let's try that same instruction manual. Hang on. Let's try that with Voice Dream Scanner. Okay, let's get that loaded up. Open Voice Dream Scanner. Menu, button, 
Okay, so what you get with the VoiceStream Scanner is a very simple app, fully accessible, of course, uh, from the people who brought you VoiceStream uh, Writer, VoiceStream Reader as well. And what happens is when you get the app installed and you, you turn it on or you open the application, what will happen is it will take you straight to the menu button. On the screen, you've got you know the image of what your camera is seeing. So that is essentially what you want to to scan. Um, that beep that you had at the beginning, that beep is your notification that the entire document has been seen by the camera and therefore can be scanned. If you hear an intermittent beep, then that means you're not quite grabbing all of the, the image. So you might need to think about where you put the image in order to see it. Now, interestingly, I've got a white desk here and I've got a white piece of paper on top of it. That's not great. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to bring my microphone out a bit. So hang on a second. I'm just going to bring it out of the de- from the desk a bit. Yeah, yeah, okay. Let's <laughs> just start beeping. I've got a grey carpet. So I'm going to drop the paper onto the floor. Try and avoid all my cables as well. Um, and then it should start to beep. Well, there we go. Oh, solid beep right away. Okay, so I'm now going to swipe right. Import photo button. And again, image preview. And again, capture image button. Capture image. Okay, so that's me found the capture image button. Let's do that. Capture image dim. Play button adjustable. So what it's doing is um, it's taking me straight to a play button. So uh, I'm assuming the document's there and it's all scanned. So let's hit play. Just double tap on that. RNIB, pain free to labeling pen, DL110. Please retain these instructions for future reference, general description, record information onto a self-adhesive voice label and attached to a wide range of items in and around the home, at school and at work, with this simple and easy to use labeling pen. Store up to one hour of recording on any label, 125 hours of recording time on the 4 gigabyte internal memory, items supplied with a pain-free 2, 1x pain-free 2 labeling pen 127x mixed sized labels, small round, large. Okay, just going to pause it there by double tapping. Um, okay, I'm, I'm actually a little bit astounded because I kind of thought it wouldn't do quite as well as that. Um, okay, right, let's go to the letter then. Uh, this is a, a standard letter you might get. comes in 11-point print. Um, so that will give you an idea of how small the text is on it. It's that kind of typical, horrible, tiny text you get in letters you can't read. So um, I'm going to drop that onto my scanner for Cutswell. I'm going to hit F9 again. Scanning, please wait. Scanning is one quarter done. Scanning is half done. Scanning is three quarters done. Scan. Recognition complete. Okay, here we the go. The top of the page was at the front of the scanner. Okay. Does that matter? All right. <laughs> okay, let's find that then. So what I'm going to have to do is go to page two on the Cutswell scanner. Page two. Dear M.R. Scott. Now, if I wanted to start reading, I just hit F5. R.M.R. Scott. We are pleased to announce that you have been added to the shortlist for this year's Most Beautiful Person Award. Oh. You will be up against the likes of Beyonce and George Clooney, but we think you might just tip them all to the winning post. Mm -hmm. Please send your RSVP immediately to Fly By Night Productions based in Cloudville, USA. Alternatively, call 555-313-2795. Best regards. End of last page. Okay, well, obviously that all makes sense. I would be 
obviously picked for that kind of contest. <laughs> Can you tell that? I might have written that letter by myself for fun. Um, okay, so, yeah, I wasn't going to re- play a real letter here on the show, was I? Um, but what I want to do is I want to try this with Voice Stream Scanner. And there's one particular thing I want to focus on, and that's that phone number. Um, I want each device to tell me the phone number. And I want to, I guess what I want to know at this point is which device is easiest to get to that information. So this will be interesting because I think so far in the first test with the instruction book, well, both were brilliant. I would almost argue that the Voice Stream Scanner app was better. I could understand when it said pen friend, even though it was P-E-N in capitals, pen friend made more sense. So I was probably more understanding of what I was hearing than what I was getting from Kurtzwell. So that's interesting. Okay, so I'm going to pick up the other thing from the the floor and I'm going to drop the letter down here. I mean, you know, just dropping the letter on the floor and it was scanned like that. Amazing. View text or image, showing image. So this is, I'm still on the original image, so I'm going to find there's a discard button here. Voice settings. Just swipe right. Play, discard, button. Double tap that. Okay, it was beeping again. Image preview. Um, find the capture button by swiping right. Capture image. There we button. are. Capture image. Dim. Capture it. Play. Button. Okay. Adjustable. Let's see how we go here. Dear Mr. Scott, we are pleased to announce that you have been added to the shortlist for this year's Most Beautiful Person Award. You will be up against the likes of Beyonce and George Clooney, but we think you might just pip them all to the winning post. Please send your RSVP immediately to Fly by Night Productions based in Cloudville, USA. Alternatively call 555-313-2795. Best regards. Right, okay. So that, again, seemed really quite nice, didn't it? I mean, it seemed almost clearer than what I was getting. I mean, dear MR Scott for Mr. Scott, whereas the phone picks it up properly. Okay. Um, Now I want to get to text. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to run my finger over the screen. Right, so that doesn't work. It's not going to let me find text. It's not going to be able to explore the text to to get into that. Okay. So I'm on the play button. Let me swipe left and right. I'll go left first, see what, if there's anything there. Voice settings. Button. Okay. View text or image. Showing image. Button. View text or image. Right, I'll, I'll double tap that. View text or image. Showing text. I'm now going to run my finger over the screen again. Te- zero. Dear Mr. Scott. Ah. We are, you have, for this year's most beautiful Right, award. okay, so now I'm into you the text. Against beyond, we think, to the winning phone post. numbers at the end, so let's see if I can find it. Please send your, to Fl- Cloudville, alternatively call, best regards. Alternatively call, 555-313-2795. Now what I would normally do in this kind of thing is I would um, use my rotor to find characters so I could get to the the letters and try and select them. So let me do that. So I'll just uh, use the the rotor by two fingers on the screen and then turning. Words, lines, text selection, speaking rate, characters. Characters. Now swipe down. Cat A L T E R N A T I V E L Y space C A L L space five 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 hyphen three one three hyphen two seven nine. Five. So I was able to get to the phone number 
And what I would normally do, and I know you can select the text, and I know lots of you will shout at me for this, but I know you can select the text and copy it out or do whatever. I just tend to use a dictaphone and <laughs> take a note of the number that way. Uh, but that actually works really well. So what it does is not only does it show you the image as you've scanned it, and that's obviously why we can't see anything or by touching the screen, you can change that to text and then run your finger over it to get to the individual elements of text there. Now in Cutswell, I should just be able to arrow down. Blank. Blank. Right, perhaps maybe I need to go up the way then. Best regard. Blank. Ah. Alternatively call 555-313-L. And I can T just use the right arrow. E T L space C A L L space 555-3. Okay, so I can get to the number nice and easy on that as well. But the fact is I can still do all of this with my phone. And I'm starting to wonder if this specialist technology is worth it. Oh, must resist smugness. I think I was proven right there, Stephen. I'm going to be honest. I think you might have been proved right. Yeah. Um, so what that shows me, and I hope it shows everyone else, is that actually these apps are getting up to a level now where even specialist tech at way over $1,000 in some cases can be beaten by a phone app that costs around 10. <laughs> that is unbelievable. Well, I'm actually going to stick up for Kurzweil a little bit. I don't think it was soundly beaten. They, they were on par no, with no. each other. And there is something about the user interface of uh, Kurzweil, you know, just hitting F9, and everything was announced very nicely, scanning progress, and being able to quickly go through the text you've just scanned using a QWERTY keyboard, you know, the cursor keys and everything, is really nice. It's so much quicker than using the mm -hmm. phone. And for me, that's the whole point of using a computer setup. Um, it makes manipulating the text that you've just scanned so much easier than on the phone. Well, that's why I said, you know, I, I have my dictation machine sitting there, my little Olympus, for exactly this kind of thing, because I, I can't be bothered with the whole select and copy. And I just would rather just take a note of it go back and then do it the other way. And I know there are ways to do it, but it just seems so convoluted. Yeah, that's right. You know, there's make, make it easy for yourself. That's why I, I go by what the Walker <laughs> brothers used to say, make it easy on yourself. I, I live by that. You're showing your age now, yes. But just a, bit, just yeah. a quick tip, you can just do... He's dead now, by the way. Oh, well, uh, keep it cheery. Hey, hello. Um, welcome to Double Tap. You can, you can do a three-finger quadruple tap and that will copy whatever voiceover said the last the last phrase oh, that's a nightmare to the clip no it's really good i use that all the time so you could navigate to that telephone number change your rotor to word and then swipe and it would just say that number and then you just do the three finger quadruple tap and it's in your clipboard. yeah quadruple yeah come on look you know three finger i've had my speech going off my screen curtains on and off like a like a, a light bulb um <laughs> I, you know, I can't. I, I'm like, Ugh! and then I look. I forget how many times I've tapped by the time I've got well, to. What you got to do is count to four. Oh, I, I mean, it's not difficult if you've got hands like a bunch of bananas. <laughs> I suppose yes, but anyway, that's beside the point. Um, yeah, but I've got to say as well, I was really impressed by that um, Dream Scanner. Mm. I mean, it did a really good job, apart from the the flatliner effect there, <laughs> where it sounded like someone died at some point. But it, it is true, though. These apps are getting so good now. And for me, it just purely comes down to the price. What extra features or functionality are you getting when you're paying $1,000 plus compared to a you know $10 app? Well, in your test there, I think, yeah. you know, not much. 
Both are really good. And I would say it depends purely on your application. For me, I, I've made a choice uh, with Kurzweil because I wanted to scan the book and it's something I would use. So I'm quite happy with that. But for a lot of people out there, if you just want to read your mail, then you would never need to go down the Kurzweil route unless you really, really wanted to. It would almost be like, you know, you could buy a Mini to get yourself to work every day, but you've decided to buy a Rolls Royce. Yes. <laughs> uh, and it's like, well, and of course, both will get you to work and, and will get you there in a very plush and enjoyable way, I'm sure. But, you know, it's going to cost you a lot more money. And did you really need it in the first place? So I think it is about what you need. Uh, and what I think we've learned by this app, this voice stream scanner app, is that it is just really good. And, you know, what we didn't get into was batch mode, uh-huh. which lets you take multiple images um, that you control. That's something that's a little bit more awkward, I found, with Kurzweil. A lot of it's to do with the scanner. You know, you, you, there's a, an option where you can, on Kurzweil, you can actually have it that it will uh, continuously scan. Yeah. So if you were doing a book, for example, it would just, you would, you know, get the page set up and then you would close the scanner, it would scan, lift up the scanner lid, change the page, carry on and, and repeat. But my scanner doesn't tell the computer when the lid's open. So it just keeps going to scan, and you have to be very quick, and it's, I'm not quick enough for it. So, Well, let's be honest. It's not surprising. You did say, this was my dad's scanner. It's like Antiques Roadshow or something. Where Did you have to use a COM port for that one, COM port 1? It's actually got one of those big parallel ports on it. I thought it would. How did you plug that into yeah. anything? Well, it's got a USB as well, so it was like one of the first or one of the, you know, like ah, the right. original USB. Um, <laughs> you know, it was... Quite impressive, actually. I mean, it does the job fine. I mean, it's a it's a brilliant. It was really scanner. fast. I've got to say, I was yeah, surprised it how fast scanner, yeah. it was. So, I'm quite impressed by this. I think it's fair to say. Um, I mean, I love Kurzweil. I think it's great. But you know, absolutely, I will be using as a result of today. I will be using Voice Stream Scanner more. Um, and of course, there are other ones out there. And this, this maybe raises a bigger debate about things like KNFP Reader. Um, which has got a similar option in terms of the scanning. It's the same, isn't it, with the beeps and all the rest? It does a kind of similar yeah, job. Yeah, you still have the sort of almost like the level indicator if you're tilting it or not. Most of the time I tend to turn that off, though, because I find it it just gets annoying. Um, I, You know what? I use the same technique as you. I, if I get my post, I sit on the settee and I put it down in between my feet with the phone on my knees and take the picture, and that works fine 99.9% of the time it works really well one thing i do like about knfb on the phone though is the um auto detect mode so i just put the phone on the letter and then you lift it away and then when it's all in and it's in focus it will automatically take the picture now i think that's a really nice feature so i would be keen to see if uh, dream scanner has that as well well it actually does it does have auto capture on it that's the one uh, but it is in beta mode at the moment. The button is there. You can try it. I'm not quite sure why that would be beta, but maybe it's because, obviously, you know, there's a lot of movement that the... I mean, we we can't really tell what's going on on the screen, but the machine learning, if you like, is doing a lot of work in the background to yeah. get a wraparound of that image. Although I will say, on the floor between your feet is absolutely the way to do it. It is. Um, yeah, it just works. Because, I mean, I've got a white desk, and, you know, the white desk in here is just useless for that. You know, you, you, it will never find it. A white desk. Ooh, you're so Hugh Hefner, aren't you? <laughs> oh, yeah, you know me. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like him, yeah, in every single way, apart from the money, the girls, the uh, dressing gown. Um, yeah. So, listen, uh, lots of you getting in touch about this. Uh, Rachel's been in touch from the UK. Hi, Rachel. Um 
she wants to, I thought you might want to say hello to Rachel as well. Sorry, I mean, it's, it's up to you, obviously. You don't have to say hello to Rachel, but it's not entirely up to Well, you. I always get worried about emails. I'll wait to see what she says first. It oh, may see, be attacking right. me. I think he's, I think only Tim is mentioned in this one. So you're oh, fine. that's okay. Hello, Rachel. <laughs> Uh, Well, uh, she says, Hi, guys. Just wanted to share a couple of thoughts following your discussion on the most recent podcast regarding scanning apps. I haven't tried Envision as yet. I might take advantage of the two-week free trial simply for curiosity's sake. But having listened to Tim's excellent review, it's highly unlikely that I'll actually subscribe at the moment. I echo what was said. There seem to be too many frustrating issues at the moment. Now, with regards to seeing AI, considering it is a free app, on the whole, I think it does the job very well. However, the one part of it which is a constant nightmare for me, and the one part that's really important, is product identification. I've tried using it to identify all sorts of products, from food packaging, cleaning products, and toiletries. As yet, I have had no success with identifying these, and frustratingly have had to resort to getting sighted assistance. I haven't managed to locate a single barcode and don't know whether it's the app that's the problem, probably unlikely in view of the fact I've heard it working during the various demos I've listened to, or whether there's a problem with my phone, which is an iPhone SE, which is running the latest version of iOS. At the moment, it's behaving just as if the product recognition part of the app is there, but won't do anything when I try to use it. If any of you have any thoughts or suggestions or ideas about how to get the thing to work, that would be very much appreciated. Now, finally, she says, before I close, I purchased Voice Stream Scanner just a few days ago. I am still playing around with it and getting to grips, but my thoughts so far? Very good. I've tried several scanning apps, and this, for me, seems pretty accurate. And most importantly, I love the fact I don't seem to be struggling to get the text into a suitable position for accurate scanning. I highly recommend giving it a go. It really is worth the money I paid for it. Take care, guys. Keep up the fantastic work. From Rachel, one of our UK listeners. Thank you, Rachel. Um, yeah, I haven't had much luck with the barcode scanning in Seeing AI either. But then I've never had much luck with barcode scanning in general. It just seems so hit and miss. Um, the trick is just knowing where it is on the product. I mean, and that's the sticking point for me. Uh, Seeing AI, when it was first released, there was a lot of fuss made about that feature. Uh, the ability that it would beep when you're close to the barcode. It's almost trying to get you closer and closer to it, which sounds great, but it just, it was too tricky for me. Um, and I just found that it wasn't worth the, the time. So I don't think it is the iPhone SE. The iPhone SE is a great phone. The CPU is still fine. The camera is great. So I don't think it will be down to, um, DSC, but yeah, I think it is purely down to just how tricky it is to find the barcode on a product anyway. I mean, the obvious suggestion for Rachel there is the Be My Eyes app, um, but then you don't always want to do that, do you? I mean, there might be something private well, that's that you right. don't really want someone to look at. I mean, it might be different if it's food or something, but if it's toiletries, you know, you might not want to invite someone to that space. Um, whereas this is what, I mean, it does seem a bit odd though it's not working at all for her. Is this? Could it be a phone issue? Well, as I said, I think the SE is perfectly capable. It's exactly the same innards near enough as the iPhone 6S, which I use. And uh, scanning-wise, it works fine. The camera's fine. The processor's fine. But, I mean, I suppose there could be some sort of problem with her camera specifically. Um, but then again, if she's using Voice Dream Scanner, as she said, and using it successfully, then that would suggest, no, the phone itself is fine. Mm. Um, it is just this barcode scanning feature that she's having problems with, which, again, a lot of us are. Well, I've got an iPhone SE that I still have. Um, 
I, I actually just gone back to using it recently, and I will put Seeing AI on it. And for next week, I'll I'll give it a try and see how it goes. If if there is an issue, then we must absolutely tell uh, Microsoft about it. Now, of course, the the only problem I was going to suggest that what Rachel could do is use the new Microsoft channel on Be My Eyes. You know, she could contact Be My Eyes um, through Be My Eyes. Cannot contact Microsoft support. But if you're on the phone at the time, that might be a challenge to to explain it all. Um, <laughs> yes, you need a second device. But it might be worth contacting anyway, just to ask the question. Say, look, I can't show you the problem, but you know, I can tell you about it, and maybe they maybe they know the answer. I mean, it is the accessibility team you're getting through to? So, yeah, absolutely. You make a good point. Perhaps it's something we should look at again because personally. I haven't tested that feature in a long time since the initial release of Seeing AI. So perhaps in a recent update, it got worse for some reason. So, yeah, let's take another look at it. Right, let's stay there. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with more of your emails and the news. Double Tap Canada. Double Tap Canada. This is Double Tap Canada. Stephen here with Sean this week. Tim is on a vacation. Again. That was me being, I think, American. I'm not quite oh, sure. Oh, it's very good. Very like good. That. Yeah. Did you feel like you were sitting next to Tim just for a minute there? I did, yeah, but it was better than your normal accent. So, uh, yeah, keep it up. Do you want to do the Welsh one? No, please don't. Let's okay. move on. <laughs> okay. Uh, right, so <laughs> greetings from Medford, Oregon, says one of our listeners who got in touch with us. This is from Stan. Hello, Stan. Hello, Stan. Uh, he says, I've recently started listening to your podcast after listening to you all on RNIB's Tech Talk program in the UK. I have several comments that I want to mention here. On several points, in Oregon, we have a system whereby we can vote by mail. Uh, We have an accessible ballot, which is quite easy for us screen reader users to use. I've used it with screen readers that aren't even being updated with no difficulty. I haven't used it with an iOS device. Now, he then moves on to talk about scanning. Before he does, I just want to mention that we're talking last week about the Israeli elections where they were using OrCam devices that uh, meant that people could see their ballots. Um, this is quite incredible. Uh, and you, you'd mentioned, I think you made the point last week that you thought it was partly because they are an Israeli company, and they are. We, you know, I Googled it afterwards, so I did my research. Oh, was I right again, Stephen? Unbelievable. That's twice. I know. Gonna... I think I'm going to have to retire. Yes, they made their OrCam MyI2 device, which is basically an OCR scanner yeah. uh, device that you pin to, uh, you put to the side of some glasses. And, uh, yeah, they made that available at polling stations. A select few, admittedly, but I thought it was a great move. But it's good to hear that other places in the world are getting there with accessibility. But, I mean, it's quite yep. patchy. I mean, we're talking there about Oregon. I don't know where else in the States it might be like that. I hope across the States. I, I, I don't know. And, and this is the thing. So do tell us, especially around Canada as well, what's it like for you going out voting? Uh, is it accessible? Uh, I know here in the UK it's not. It's dreadful. Well, we we also have postal voting, but yeah, it's again, it's it's that pure independence thing. You've got to uh, find uh, a post box. <laughs> I wasn't actually thinking that, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you still need someone to show you where to tick or wherever, something like that. So it just seems that the whole voting system is so prime for the tech revolution. There should be a way that we can do this securely and privately and accessibly. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, now, Stan goes on, he talks about the topic of scanning devices. He says, I use both uh, DocuScan Plus with my flatbed scanner in cases when I want to use the PC. Uh, I use my phone camera as a scanner when I want to do things on the fly. He says, I use three different scanning apps. I use Seeing AI, 
KNFB Reader and now I've started using VoiceStream Scanner. He says, I find KNFB Reader more clunky to use. Uh, with the options that we have now and how inexpensive they are, I wouldn't purchase KNFB Reader again. I purchased it when it was on sale. Now, he says, I know I'm being a bit frugal and I'm proud of that, but he says, I absolutely love using VoiceStream Scanner and Seeing AI. While I like uh, that we have many choices out there, I find that the one from Envision AI is more than a little bit pricey when we have so many lower cost options. As for barcode scanning, I fall back to my Galaxy ID Mate from Envision America. Uh, it fits my needs, quite simply, he says, because it doesn't depend on using a phone camera to hunt down a barcode that can be a real nightmare to find. Yeah. Now, he says, when Window Window Eyes was still being supported, I used to I used an off-the-shelf portable scanner with a script that read barcodes. That's interesting. Uh, he says, I replaced it with the ID Mate Galaxy when that program went away. As horse race goers used to say, there are horses for courses. Uh, he says, <laughs> I enjoy listening to the Double Tap podcast. Take care. Well, thank you, Stan. Um, I think he makes a really good point. You know, that it, Again, it comes back to this what suits you. But at the same time, why spend huge amounts of money when you don't need to? Um, and, you know, if it works, great. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Stan. And I'm like you. I have KNFB Reader on my iPhone. I have Seeing AI. I'm planning on getting uh, Voice Dream Scanner as well to complete my toolbox. But um, I think KNFB was of its time. It was one of the first OCR scanning apps for the phone that was designed for use by visually impaired people and that was great and the speed of the recognition was fantastic at the time when it was demoed at the NFB convention everyone was blown away it's still a great app but I just can't recommend it with the other competition that's out there not at that price uh, I just want to mention Keith, uh, who emailed in as well, Keith Waters, who says, Hi, team. On your last show, Stephen was talking about OCR software and which was better. I was just wondering if you had looked at the OCR that's now built into JAWS and seems oh. to do a reasonable job. But I do agree that Kurzweil takes some beating if you can afford it. I enjoy your show. Keep up the good work. Um, I haven't tried. You know, it's one thing. I've got the new version of JAWS. Um, what are we up to? 2019. Yeah, and I've got that, and I haven't even touched the OCR. Now, I wasn't sure. I know you need a camera, obviously, and I haven't used... I mean, I've just literally pulled the my dad's old scanner out of the loft. <laughs> no, 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 you don't. You don't know, but you can use it on images on the screen, can't you? All right, so if you had like a downloaded PDF or something... Yeah, you can hit the... I can't remember what the keyboard shortcut is, and it will scan that image. Um, oh. Now, I believe that NVDA had, if not built in, then it had a add-on to do the same thing. Um, now, when I first tried it, and this is a while ago, it didn't work very well, I must admit. But, um, yeah, that's a really good point. We should we should take a look at that. Yeah, I might do that, actually. I know that um, the other thing I quite liked about VoiceStream Scanner, and you might have heard it in the demo earlier, is where you can import an image. So if you downloaded a PDF, say, off an email, and you wanted to read it, Voice Stream Scanner, if it wasn't accessible, you know, you could import it into Voice Stream Scanner and it would read it and turn it into text for you. Um, and that's a lovely feature as well. Yeah. It's a really good app, isn't it? A really good app. <laughs> well, I, no one's got any negatives to say about it so far, you know, and I've got to say the guy's done such a good job developing this and, and the whole series, you know, with Voice Stream Reader as well. That's amazingly popular. Mm. I mean, it's it's incredible for the money. And, um, yeah, no, I really, really like it. Okay, um, well, look, keep your emails coming in on this and uh, do keep the conversation going 
on scanning apps and elections as well. How do you find voting? Is that a challenge for you? We can talk about it in a future show. Feedback at ami.ca. Would love to hear from you here on Double Tap Canada. Now to uh, some news. And Sean, I am very impressed because I said to you at the start of the week, look, you know what? I don't have time to look into news this week. So can you look into the news? And honestly, I thought we'd turn up here and we'd have to talk about, I don't know, my love of fish or something for the next 20 minutes. <laughs> but you've actually come up with some goods. I'm amazed. Well, luckily enough, there was some actual news this week. Last week was a little bit light, but um, no, there were some big stories this week. And uh, the Google I.O. event is one I'm really looking forward to. They've got really exciting lately. So this is the event where they often show off new hardware. They often show off software as well and updates. Um I, we, I tend to be honest. I only tend to get interested in the gadgets. Um, uh, you know, last time we watched, I remember the three of us got together. You, me, Tim, we sat down, we watched it together, and we were bored out of our rear oh, ends. It was fake news. Oh, come well, on. Look. It was terrible. <laughs> okay, slightly. Almost as much as the Apple It's Showtime event. Exactly, was, yeah. Oh, oh look but, at you, Mr. Balanced. I know, I am. <laughs> Google... <laughs> <laughs> One of us has got to be. Google I.O. actually should be about the software. It is more software-based, much like the Apple WWDC, which is the developer conference. Mm. So usually it is a uh, software showcase. What's going to come up in uh, Android Q or, or whatever? Uh, and they show off their nifty little AI features like Duplex. Um, but the rumors are that this year we are going to see some hardware. Um, it's It's not. Uh, software exclusive we have seen hardware in the past so um but the rumors are we're going to see a new affordable pixel phone <gasps> which would be nice well you see when pixel first came out we were all excited thinking okay this is going to be a quality android phone and it's going to be a reasonable price and it was priced up with the others it mm. was you know a premier phone price uh which is fine because it is a very nice phone um but the rumor is that they're going to bring out either the pixel 3a or 3 Lite. i don't know what the a stands for in that case but average um, it's average, <laughs> the average phone <laughs> i'm all for that but <laughs> it's just going to be an affordable pixel that's phone. what it stands and, for affordable so three affordable oh yeah of course i didn't th- i'm a genius um even though you picked it up. Um, yeah. But, you know, look, a, a Google, the thing with the Pixel phones is that they run stock Android. Well, Samsung S10, amazing phone. But if the update for Android comes out, you've got to wait until Samsung takes a look at it, makes the changes that they need, and then releases it to you. Uh, with stock Android phones like the Pixels, as soon as Google release an Android update, it's on there straight away. Yeah. There's no waiting, which is actually a big bonus in my book. So if they can do well, an affordable one, great. I think it's a bonus for you if you're a geek and you want the latest now. <laughs> um, but if you're just your average user, I think you probably don't want things to change very often. And I think that's probably more true for blind users than most. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying everybody is like that. Of course they're not. But, you know, I'm, I'm getting to that. St- well, you know, it's a bit like, you know, my mother, right? My mother used to move furniture oh, all the time. Oh, hang on. Uh, <clears throat> it's time for an analogy. Yep, it's okay, I'm ready. S- Stephen's trip down memory lane. Um, <laughs> His dad's scanner and, okay, let's go on. It's mum's furniture. Um, <laughs> what a story. Uh, but, yeah, she used to move furniture all the time, right? And I'd come into the house and the first thing I'd do is fall head over heels over a couch or something. That's why she did it. It's hilarious. I know. She hated me. Um 
That's the thing. These days, parents are too nice to their, their kids, quite frankly. <laughs> then, you know, when I was growing up, my mother hated my guts. She didn't want me around. You know, she wanted me to get out of the house. So she was trying to make it as awkward as possible for me. It made perfect sense to me when I think back. Um, now I hate myself. Um, she obviously doesn't anyway. listen to this, then. No, clearly not. <laughs> um, but uh, that'd be an awkward Christmas dinner. But, uh, yeah, so... Because of that, I'm one of those people, I like things to remain in their place. So when things change too much, it's like, mm, which is why I like Apple so much, because Apple software doesn't change very often. <laughs> um, you know, the layout, the look doesn't change, although from what I'm hearing, the rumours are that the new iPad uh, version of iOS 13 is going to be rather different um, in terms of the front page look, the kind of standard icon view that you get on the home page will change, yep. apparently. Um, so that will be interesting. But the one thing with Android is that Android, well, you can customise it to the nth degree. You can have it any way you want, which is a good thing, again, arguably. I prefer just things to be where they are, know where they are, and that's it. Um, You're so old-fashioned, so, aren't you? But no, no, I know no. I am. I feel that way. Look, though. it was a truly beautiful, if horrific, analogy you gave there of your mother. But it's not about changing it every time an update may be a critical security fix and if samsung yeah. have said okay you've got a phone we released three years ago and you know what we're not going to bother updating that one then you're stuck with that security flaw whereas if you've got a stock android phone you're always going to be well, as secure as you can be and the uh, the update is going to be there so it's not always about the major updates as you mentioned ios 13 that is going to be a major update to according yeah. to the rumors um so it could just be security fixes, and they are incredibly important. So updates are really important. I'd like to think that if Samsung found a flaw in one of their devices, mm. they would, they'd fix it. Hang on, hang on. Let me not just pick on Samsung, because I am Mr. Balance today. Yeah, look, it, any third LG. party. Yes, exactly. Uh, who, who I... Huawei. Huawei. That's a bit north of England all of a sudden. <laughs> Huawei. That's where I'm from. Um, Sounds yeah, like a but... TV show from Wales. <laughs> Any third party. <laughs> you had to bring that one up. You know I can't oh. say that one. The third party Android uh, manufacturers <laughs> of phones, they're always behind when it comes to updates. And yes, of course, they should release security updates, but you know they don't always. Anyway, look, stop going on about security updates. You're boring me to tears. Uh, right, look, there's also going to be an update to Google Home, apparently. Um, these are your notes, so you tell me. Um, <laughs> with possible duplex support or a price drop to bring it in line with the Echo. So how much is it at the moment? I think uh, it's around $130. Oh, sorry. Uh, right, I just realised what you meant here. Right, so the Google Home, I'm thinking of the... The You're mini thinking one. of the mini, aren't you? I was no, no, no. It was already lined up with that, yeah. yeah. Right, so the, the bigger one, okay. But um, the Google Home, which is the bigger one, which is the equivalent to the Amazon Echo device, yeah. it's still more expensive comparing it uh, comparatively with the Amazon Echo. The Amazon Echo, the new one, is cheaper. And it's also so, been out a good few years now. Well, exactly, yeah. I mean, I don't know how much actual truth uh, is behind these rumours, or it's just a case of it's time you updated it. Um, I think it, it is. It, yeah, exactly. I mean, it does make sense. A price drop, definitely. It, it needs a price drop. But the whole um, duplex AI system, where which is where the voice assistant can make calls for you, interact with people, and book you appointments, it is an amazing feature, and they are rolling it out of uh, the Google Assistant anyway. So um, I think integrating that into the smart speaker ecosystem, that would definitely set it apart and give it a feature that nothing else has got 
and that is something that Google do really well. So, yeah, there's definitely going to be something happening with the Google Home. Okay, well, we shall watch with interest and see what happens. Well, uh, we will. You won't, apparently. No, I, you know, I will. I'll tune in, and if it gets as boring <laughs> as it did last time, I will go away and eat fast food, um, which I think is exactly what I did last time as well. Yes. Uh, now, apparently these days, if your company is struggling or you want to bring it into the 21st century in a really quick way, uh, you add the word plus to it. And that is exactly what every company seems to be doing these days. Apple have just done it with Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, they're launching their streaming service. Um, although they're not calling it that, are they? They're calling it, you know, some creative stories. Oh, Yeah, right. No. It's a streaming service like any other. Um, and Disney are doing the same. They're launching one at Oh, what's it called? Oh, yeah, Disney Plus. I know. It's such, Imaginative. It's such an original name for Disney. This is from a company that gave us Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, a company that took, you know, years to draw a movie, draw a movie, and the best name they could come up with was Disney Plus. Well, there must be a reason for it. I think it's just to annoy everyone else, Apple Plus. Probably. And, yeah. But, um, no. Next week, Double Tap Plus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> streaming That's service our waist size that. but anyway it's you were not interested in this at all when i no. mentioned this you said no boring we're not going to talk about that beauty but, and um, the beast on demand i've got it on dvd <laughs> look it's not the point disney now owns so much uh so many of the rights to some great franchises the, the star wars one all the pixar stuff uh marvel which has been a real big success on netflix uh they own all that uh they've obviously obtained fox as well so now they've got every episode of the simpsons and that's the the sort of content they're pushing and they're i can't say it is good content as much as i hate the the thought of having to pay out another subscription a month uh the price point was really good at six dollars that's us i mean that was a real surprise so the price point is good. They've got some amazing content. Netflix is really going to struggle without the Marvel content, I think. Well, that's I think that's the bigger point, isn't it? That you know Netflix are going to lose out big time here uh, because a lot of the content will be pulled. I don't think people fully understand how this works. I mean, it took me a long time to get my head around it because you know essentially you've got licensing. Every film, every movie has attached to perhaps a global distributor like Warner Brothers or Universal or whoever. And the corporations like Netflix and, and now Disney and Apple will be fighting for the rights to that content and all the content that it holds. Um, and that means that it might be the case that a show you really like, if you like The Simpsons, uh, and I do, not the older, not the newer ones, the old ones were brilliant. Um, but if I was going to watch season two of The Simpsons, then this would be the place to go. Uh, yeah. But it means I'd have to then consider, well, do I want to pay for Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, Apple yes. TV Plus. I mean, where does it end? Um, I'm kind of hoping we're going through a, a Betamax versus VHS moment here where one of them will die and um, mm, we can, we can then have so. one. But maybe, well, companies are good at merging, aren't they? So <laughs> there's a good chance it'll all just merge into one big mess and then they'll <laughs> charge us $10 a month for it and that'll be fine. Yes, keep dreaming. I don't think that's going to happen. People have listen, been listen to, to listen to Mad Money over here. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Look, it's not going to happen. The, the subscription model is here to stay. It's really weird, though. The whole not physically owning anything anymore. It's a real yeah. strange concept to get your head around. I suppose we're just showing our age, but you know, the whole you music. Are. Well, I always am music streaming. You know, not moving away from CDs and cassette tapes um but actually physically owning things dvds blu-ray sorry sorry is... let me just interrupt you there last uh, year 
Yes. Sales of cassette tapes rose 23% in America. Good. That's good to know. So they sold three instead of two. <laughs> it's incredible, actually, when you see the amount of people who are getting obsessed with tapes again. I mean, vinyl came back. Yes. It wouldn't be a huge surprise for cassette. I'm not saying cassette's going to come back in any big way, actually. Well, why did you interrupt me, doesn't. then? Because I just yeah, thought yeah, I'd I bring that so. up because it's an important, relevant piece of information. That's it's what a news story tends to need. Uh, I don't know if you've, I don't know if you no, this concept. What, irrelevant facts. <laughs> <laughs> Look, vinyl cassette. Yes, of course they've got a place there, and there's some nostalgia yeah. behind that. I think, especially with vinyl. This. Yeah, okay, look, never mind all that. Um, Are you going to buy this? Are you going to pay for money for this? <sighs> you know what? I hate to say it. I probably would. <sighs> I probably would. I can't live without my Pixar. Do you think there'll be audio described content on there? Yeah, now I would hope so. I would hope so. Wasn't Disney part of Apple at some point? Oh, um, Pixar. Well, no, Pixar wasn't. Pixar was. No, Pixar was. Pixar was owned by Steve Jobs. Yeah, but he wasn't at Apple at the time. So I, ah, think, they were, right. I think they were separate. Uh, well, there's probably some. Uh, there's some link there. Yeah. In which case, you would hope. I mean, Hulu has just started getting audio described content in there, and that is part of the Disney service as well. But that remains still- separate, doesn't it? Yeah, they're gonna, the Hulu and the ESPN network and the Disney Plus will remain separate subscription models, although there, there is talk about there will be a bundle price for all three. Right. So, uh, But no, this sounds good. Uh, launches in the US on November 12th. Disney Plus, you said $6 a month. Sounds quite good. Um, global rollout over two years. So it'll come out to the rest of the country, around the world, I should say. In the next couple of years, I think it'd be quicker than that. Come on, Disney, you're drawing it. I, th- I think it's licensing, like you said, that they're waiting. <laughs> they're waiting for the licenses on other content around the world to run out. Oh uh, yeah, I guess on Netflix and all the rest, they'll probably. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about um, humans. They still exist, apparently. Uh, it's not all computers these days, you know. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, humans apparently are now reviewing our Echo commands so if you speak into your lady a and she doesn't understand you apparently this is according to bloomberg they are uh, the, the, what you've said is essentially being sent to a human for analysis to say right what did you say um maybe we can understand why it, it didn't get what you meant and do what you asked it to do um i have to tell you i hope they don't voice identify when they start this <laughs> because the amount of verbal abuse that Lady A has taken in this house. Um, I hope that doesn't come back to bite one day. I, I hope it does. That, I was shocked when you were shouting at poor Lady A. But um, no, this is, um, this is a strange story for me because, of course, humans are, well, let, let, let's stop saying humans, a staff at Amazon are... That's how technology-driven we've become. We, we've completely lost sense of reality. Those humans over there. The yeah. Am- they're staff at Amazon, subcontractors at Amazon, whose job it is to review voice clips, these, you know, us shouting at our smart speakers. <laughs> and the, the point is that the artificial intelligence it just isn't clever enough to pick up on everything. There's new slang words that people use that come into uh, use, and there's foreign words and just accents in general. There's some things that when Lady A says, I'm sorry, I can't help you with that, there is a chance. And again, it's not 100% it's going to go to a human to review. I said it again, human. Um, But that people need, it does need that human touch to, to 
tell the AI what it means. So they will listen to it. They will uh, feed that back into the system of what that that phrase actually meant, and the AI will learn from that. Now. To me, that seems perfectly reasonable, and it isn't just Amazon that do this. All voice assistants AI will have this system. Apple will do it. Microsoft do it. Siri, and Cortana, Google, they do it as well. So this isn't out of the ordinary. But I got to agree with the Bloomberg report where they said, the fact is, it's being transparent about that. If people know, then they can make a decision if they're happy with that or they're not. And I've got to say, it's not made clear in Amazon's terms and conditions at all that someone will actually, or there is a chance someone will listen to that. Yeah, it's an interesting one, because the, the privacy argument keeps coming up from time to time. And, and I often think if you're prepared to put a live speaker, or sorry, a live microphone mm. into your house, mm. that you talk to, that you... I'm you know, getting worried. <laughs> well, you know, if you're prepared to do that, then... You must understand, you know, you've connected yourself, yourself, to a multinational company that is taking that information. Now, I'm not saying it's using it for anything dodgy or dangerous or any of that. It's using it essentially to create better products for you and also to create experiences for shopping for you. So, you know, it will always know that you, oh, I, I, he keeps talking about toilet rolls. So oh, we'll send him more toilet rolls. And no, 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 no. Be very careful. That does not happen. See, no, no, I don't. I don't mean. I don't mean in the sense of listening to you all the time. I mean when you invoke the the yes, word when you okay. say the lady a word and you yes. talk to it. But if you were continually asking it to say add shopping, uh, add toilet rolls to my shopping list, it would get to know that you like toilet rolls. It might wonder why. Maybe it doesn't care. Um, I kind of like that it doesn't care. I just want the toilet rolls. End of story. Uh, so brilliant. So that's it, you know, and, and that's how they're developing this for us. Now, that's I think that's not a bad thing. I know people disagree with that, um, but I don't think there's anything nefarious about it. I think no. it seems pretty, um, I think it seems fairly benign at the moment, obviously. Um, but I think it's something which we're seeing could be beneficial to us. And I, I'm not too worried about that. So I think if you're worried about privacy, just don't buy one. Well, yeah, that's the thing. But I think it is important that even though you are putting a microphone in your house, it isn't live all the time. It's not constantly sending stuff. There's not someone spying on you. And some of the news stories I saw as a result of the Bloomberg investigation or article, it, it was almost implying that the word spying was used heavy, heavily. And it just isn't the case. I mean, you can argue about whether it should be made more clear that people may review some of your commands that you specifically say to the device. Um, that's an argument to be had. But it's not spying on you. And I get slightly annoyed by the whole, oh, I've got a microphone in my house. Why would I do that approach? It's not actually how it works. Although it did, it did make me laugh. A friend of mine said to me once, um, I wouldn't buy one of these Amazon Echoes because I don't like uh, the idea of a microphone that's listening to my every move. He said, now, have you seen my new uh, voice-activated television? And I'm thinking, <laughs> right, okay. Um, like A little bit of education required here, I think. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, look, this technology is everywhere, and you've got to make a decision in your life whether it's something you're prepared to get into or you're going to be paranoid about. Um, yeah. If you've nothing to hide, I don't really see the problem, if I'm honest. So well, there's nothing wrong with a bit of paranoia, and you've got to weigh up the convenience versus privacy argument, which is, you know, as I said, a perfectly valid argument to have. But these companies are 
tested all the time. And I find it really hard to believe that they would go as far as trying something nefarious without being caught. They are always caught. Well, uh, on that note, we will leave it there. Keep your emails coming in, feedback at ami.ca, and we will be back next time. Tim's back as well next week from his holidays. Hooray! Vacation. Vacation, yes. Sorry. (laughs) Holidays is Christmas, isn't it? I always get mixed up. Um, I am Scottish. Do forgive me. Uh, Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time on Double Tap Canada. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.